This episode of Obscure Chatter is brought to you by Watermelons. Watermelons. Try to bury them and see how they grow. And now, on to the episode. Welcome to another episode of Obscure Chatter. I am your host, Terry Doty, and if this is your first time joining us, welcome. And if it isn't, welcome back. I'm trying to put together, I think I, I do that at the beginning of every episode, I'm trying to put together what all happened since the last time we spoke. I say spoke. Uh, and this can stay in the episode, but really, really quick. Hoff, am I echoey? Okay, just making sure. <laughs> uh, for those who um, are newer to the show, I'm still recording in my living room. Uh, the weather has actually turned really nice, but now I've just gotten used to sitting in the living room doing the episode rather than my booth. My booth, while great, can get a little muggy. And even with it cooling off, I mean, I'm on a cushy couch. I'm watching a movie that I'm not going to tell you the name of. That's going to help me dictate the runtime because that's still part of the show. Um, and yeah, uh, Halloween uh, happened a little bit before our last episode. I do, I, I was going to do something like, like release something a couple of days before Halloween. And I'm like, maybe people want to hear about Halloween stuff around Halloween time and not necessarily like after the fact. Um, and we were still adhering to, uh, the strike rules, not referring to television shows or movies, I believe. Um, but uh, I know that there currently is a tentative deal with SAG-AFTRA. Uh, I am a SAG-eligible actor who has been heavily considering joining the union. Uh, we did get a couple of questions regarding how I felt about that, but being that I am not currently a member, um, I did not feel that it was right to speak on behalf of uh, Texas actors that are union-based or just union in general. I am supportive of those who are currently in the union, and I hope they get a great deal. I do have my concerns. Uh, for those who might not be familiar with it, uh, Texas definitely does have union and SAG projects. That's how I became SAG-eligible. Um I don't know if I've ever told this uh, little anecdote, but um, I was actually at a funeral when um, I was informed that I was cast in a SAG project. And I, at that point, I had fully assumed that I was not going to get this part. I had been contacted for a video game franchise. I'd been contacted by a director who I'd worked with multiple times, but said, um, I am only thinking of you for this role. I know what you can do and I want specifically you. So if you could send me an audition so I could run it up the pipeline and convince them or help me convince them that you're the only person for this role. So I do what I always do. I auditioned and then I forgot about it as much as one can. Um, so, uh, a couple weeks went by and then I was informed like, Hey, you got it. And I had to do all this paperwork in order to, uh, 
be um, okay. It's the it's after Thanksgiving, and I've got vacation brain. I want to say Taft Hartley. Um, I was Taft Hartley in Taft Hartleyed into a project, um, making me SAG eligible. And anytime I recorded, I had to fill out a bunch of information, um, hours, all of that. And it was really nice. It was it was nice to be taken care of because like a, a year or so after the fact, I got paid additionally for like them using more of the stuff that we did. And it was nice because uh, I, I've definitely mentioned it before, but for a non-union gig once, granted this was in the contract, but uh, I was still expecting more from this particular franchise and studio where I had recorded on a show and then um, I noticed uh, over a year or so later, I noticed that I had movie credits tied to that franchise. Uh, I did not record for those movies, nor was I uh, paid for those movies, but um, they reused my files. So one would assume maybe I got some kind of monetary benefit from that, but I did not. And I really only have myself to blame for just assuming in good faith that uh, if someone re- reused my files that I'd get paid for that. Um, and that's in that same kind of vein as worrying about AI, uh, where, hey, you recorded once. Thanks for that. Now this robot knows exactly how to uh, act as you, so we don't need you anymore. Okay. Well, fuck you very much. <laughs> So yeah, that's a, that's a great little vibe to start off on. But yeah, that's kind of where um, I want to learn more about uh, the benefits of SAG. Uh, I I'm all for union protections, and I know many other people outside of LA and New York are also about that too. It does get misconstrued a lot that because we are in Texas, which is a right to work state, that um, we might not favor that. And in reality, I just enjoy being a Texas talent. I am not originally from here. I was born in Pennsylvania, and then from Pennsylvania, moved to Virginia, then Virginia, then moved to Chula Vista, California, which is outside San Diego, and then moved to Texas, where both of my parents are from. My brother's from California. I'm from Pennsylvania, but both of our parents are from Texas. And just... I've talked to other Texas talent about this, both union and non-union, where uh, we've all toyed with the idea of moving to L.A. or moving to New York, where more of those things are in the abstract, more available, there are more opportunities. But I think just in the time that I've been an actor, which is over 20 years, I started when I was 14 years old, doing stand-up, doing stage management, um, and then just doing community theater as well as high school theater, college theater, and then doing indie films and finding my love for directing and writing, uh, getting my degree in TV film broadcasting and radio, um, which the reason I love radio so much is, I mean, I mean I wanted to do radio so badly uh, when 
I went to school for radio. They're like, hey, radio is great, but also consider <laughs> other things because, you know, I mean, hello, we're on something that's a competitor to radio, which is podcasting. Hello. Hello. But all of that, I, I've i seen how much Texas has grown, but also there are many things throughout the years that are Texas-based. I love being a Texas talent. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean um, um, for a lot of the shadiness that goes on when you're outside a more recognized uh, entertainment space. Uh, things are a little more Wild West out here. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Uh, I've gotten paid in smiles. I've gotten paid in beer. I've gotten paid in... Uh, getting charged for doing something. <laughs> I've paid someone to do stuff. I've done the pay-to-play bullshit, uh, all of that. But yeah, as a Texas talent, uh, I do find myself now uh, enjoying that I've had so many opportunities and such recognition as a non-union actor. But um, if I were to join the union, I would not move. I'd stay here. Traveling is a thing. But yeah. Uh, so as far as, yeah, the the strike stuff and uh, where we are as entertainers with the contract and all of that, I have my doubts. But I'm doing a wait and see right now. Um, as of this episode, the contract has not been ratified. And take that for what it's worth. Also, um, yeah, just I'm trying to consider like or think about Halloween. I, uh, you know, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, and I was kind of checking out everybody else who decided to stay, you know, in and pass out candy. That's one of my favorite things. I love kids, kids uh, in costumes, uh, just kind of asking for candy and being adorable. It's great. But uh, we were really busy last year. We had a total of four trick-or-treaters this year, three of which were with each other. The first one was this adorable little girl who was dressed like a Jedi, and her uh, dad complimented my Return of the Living Dead shirt, which I always appreciate. I felt a horror fan. And she was really cute. And then like an hour plus later, three girls showed up. And you could see through my ring camera that they were losing their mind over us having a real jack-o'-lantern that Steven carved. And uh, we actually saved the video because they're like bent over like, oh my God, it's real. And uh, they mentioned whenever I, I came outside to give them candy, they're like, oh my God, we, yeah, like nobody has them anymore. And I don't know how true that is, but I did see through TikTok and Instagram that um, Steven and I kind of weren't alone in you know, the kids not being there. And of course, uh, I'm thinking that the Trunkoween stuff is partially responsible for that. Or if you're church-based, I, I don't know how true this is, but I heard that they were calling their Trunkoweens Jesusweens. I really hope that isn't true. And that's just internet being internet. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can see as a parent that that's just safer, but I don't know. I'm, I'm almost 40. I want, I want to still kind of just 
be in my house, pass out candy and have, you know, some trick-or-treaters geek over my pumpkin, my jack-o'-lantern. That's, that sounded a lot creepier than I anticipated. Moving on. But yeah, um, real jack-o'-lanterns, they're fantastic. And if you follow me on Instagram, you might notice that I've been documenting the slow decay of my jack-o'-lantern that I named Charlie. I say that I named it, my husband did. Um, it was his year to name it. Um, obviously there are other things, uh, 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 like I, I tried to really scribble out like, all right, since the last time we talked, what all has gone on? And in reality, guys, there's just way too fucking much. There's way too much. Uh, stuff. Um, one thing that I thought I would talk about, it, it's kind of tied to uh, obviously one of the bigger headlines in the entire world right now is uh, the, um, the, oh God, how do you talk about it? The matter of people getting fired uh, for just simply saying, hey, uh, I don't like that so many people are dying uh, simply for living in a, a space that you wish was not occupied. Not you personally. This might, honestly, I was talking to a couple of actor friends of mine about this. I'm like, how do I talk about this? And they say, you don't. Because you don't want to ruffle any feathers. In the abstract, no, you don't. You know, work is nice and all of that, but... I had mentioned this on uh, Twitter or X or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I don't want someone to decide not to work with me because I'm against the genocide of innocent people. And that's hard. That's, that's hard in the sense that I can't believe... I had to think about the consequences of saying, hey, murder is wrong. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to not in any way remotely pretend as if I am an expert in this topic. I'm not. Since the beginning of October to now, um, I've gone from knowing very little to knowing maybe, maybe a a fraction more. And that's just because I was not taught this stuff in school. I don't know how many people were. And that in itself is a privilege because there are people that are, that have no choice but to be fully versed in this stuff because this is their day-to-day lives. This is their life is... just constantly worrying if today is the day. The the photos and the horrors that we've seen, it's, it's hard to look at, but that's not your life. It is these people's lives. If they're lucky, they're still alive, having gone through some of this stuff. But stuff as early as, or um, as recent as 20 minutes before I got behind this microphone, I, I've seen some images that I, I know have been really, really fucking with me. 
Um, uh, I, w- I won't even mention it. Um, but I do think there is no way around it. There needs to be a complete ceasefire. I'm sorry if uh, that pisses you off, but not sorry enough not to say it. Uh, this is my podcast. Um, this is my show, and the everything in here are through my perspective. Um, <sighs> seeing, you know, just people that um, I've I've learned about through this, and seeing them being like, okay, well, they're firing to the right of me, they're firing to the left of me, of me, they're firing in front of me, they're firing in back of me. I have nowhere to go. And then suddenly, never hearing from these people again. Uh, it's it's bad. In no way, uh, like, those of you who listen to my show, I think you guys are very smart. I think you know where I'm coming from. You know that there are talking points and rebuttals that people are going to say that are just scripted bullshit. You know what I'm about. And this isn't from a place of... <laughs> anti-Semitism or just anything else ridiculous that people spout out whenever you're saying, hey, like, I don't think uh, ethnic <laughs> ethnic cleansing is the way to go. Um, for people to just be like, well, hang on a second. That is super fucked. I, I just don't get it. Uh, for me, as a <sighs> Mexican woman, which a lot of people tend to forget, I understand. I don't look the way... Certain people view Mexican people to look like. My mother is Mexican. My dad was white. Uh, My life growing up was constantly feeling as though I belong to neither world, but fully acknowledging now like that both parts of me make up everything. But seeing relatives of mine... uh, that, I hate to put it this way, cannot pass for white. Seeing the stuff that they go through compared to the stuff that I go through is insane. Um, seeing what's happening with Palestinians, uh, there are similarities uh, to what's happening at the border of the state that I'm in. Uh, that at any minute now... I believe currently, don't quote me on this, but from what I understand, currently in this state, uh, you have to show ID. And if you can't or confirm that you are an American citizen, which, you know, imagine just going for a run um, and not wanting to carry, you know, your wallet with you in your neighborhood, you can get picked up and sent to the border. You might not even be Mexican. You... (laughs) And uh, that's just kind of where we're at. But not that long ago, much of what is Texas and the South was Mexico. And slowly, those borderlines changed. If you don't believe me, Google that shit. Read more. But seeing how much has changed and just how insane it is here in the States for any of us in the States to see what is happening <laughs> to the Palestinian people. And, 
you know, those trying to speak for them. Uh, we we have to be careful here because we're we're at a we're at a pretty insane point in our history where I'm uh, another question. I'm not going to mention anyone by name who's asked me questions, and I've kind of tr- been trying to answer them as I slowly go through because of what I'm currently talking about. I didn't want anyone else to possibly be singled out if that is um, something that we're going to do. Uh, where people aren't going to like what I'm saying really quickly. I will say I've noticed that I've lost very few followers since I've started sharing more information from people much better informed than I am. Uh, um, a lot of likes, a lot of uh, retweets, um, but maybe all in all, I've lost maybe 50 pardon me, maybe 50 followers. And that says that more than likely, we're all on the same page, that what we're seeing happen is wrong, that 75 plus years of this is too much and things need to change. They need to change right fucking now. But, I'm terrified currently when uh, someone else asked, you know, how are you finding joy currently right now? The short answer is, I don't know if the bits where I'm smiling uh, and offline and kind of having a good day, I don't know how I'm able to do that because I feel really guilty when I do. And, uh, you know, even uh, Thanksgiving Day was kind of hard to navigate with uh, relatives. Um, Got to hear some pretty colorful commentary that is just insane. Um, And that was said very casually. And it hurts. But uh, yeah, I I always kind of run through bullet points of what I'm going to talk about. I really don't have like a, hey, end of topic. Uh, it, it's, it's fucking miserable out there. And what these people are going through is not okay. We constantly talk about, you know, like in... Like those of us that watch movies, read books, like what we're, what we're seeing right now are the things where we're rooting for the characters that are just saying, hey, this is wrong. And instead, we're talking about how, you know, I'll go ahead and talk about it. This just recently happened a couple of days ago, but the, you know, Melissa Barrera from the Scream franchise, how she got fired and how it was kind of spinned to be like, well, yeah, she was saying some pretty insane stuff. But then you look at what she was saying, she was mostly just saying, hey, this is wrong. Nothing actually controversial. And she was let go. Uh, Bella Hadid was let go uh, from the Christian Dior campaign. Um, And I have seen journalists be fired, um, uh, editors for magazines, and they're not saying controversial stuff. So when I was talking to a few actor friends, they tried to convince me not to say anything 
and to be just keeping up with social media the way I always do. I do post a lot of random bullshit because that's my vibe. And if it makes me laugh or brings me joy, I hope that it, you know, makes somebody laugh and brings somebody else joy. I just don't have a lot of joy in me right now, honestly. Um, <laughs> thinking about Halloween and all of that, I, <laughs> I just... That that was fun, aside from, you know, the bullshit, but it just seems so trivial to talk about. It really does. <sighs> but we like that's I've said my I've I've said what I uh I can and even then I'm all sorts of twisted up on whether or not I said it the right way, da 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 da. I I just I even considered, I'm like, oh, what if, you know, certain places that I, you know, put the podcast on, what if, like, they decide they don't want to show my podcast anymore or anything like that? I'm like, okay, so fuck them then. Uh, I hope, I hope they're cool about it, but if they're not, bye. Uh, if people that were considering casting me are upset that I'm against ethnic cleansing and genocide, that's fine. I don't want to work with you. There's a matter of not seeing eye to eye, and then there's this. This is not a difference of opinion. There are not both sides here. There are this, it's fucked. So, if you stuck around to that point, that is all I'm going to say on it for now. I cannot promise in later episodes, I will not talk about it more because I'm just being honest with that. But in referring to uh, Mexico and my heritage, uh, there was something else that happened. We'll go ahead and move to that. And that is apparently the additionally controversial topic of representation. That was actually going to be the sponsor of this episode. Uh, but watermelons beat representation matters. Um, representation matters, and it's uh, kind of shocking that I have to say that. But it's um, it's something that's been brought up a lot recently. Uh, it really upsets a lot of people, which I'm baffled by. Uh, you know, casting authentically people that have you know a uh, a true, just a true tie to someone's, a character's culture or race or ethnic background. It, it just adds authenticity and believability to a performance. I understand that, hey, well, if they're a really good actor, that shouldn't matter. It does, though. Like, I remember watching shows growing up, and when I was with my dad's side of the family, um, I kind of felt like I wasn't allowed to talk about certain things um, or watch certain things, Uh, you know, but when I was with my, uh, like I lived with my grandma for a while and I was only allowed to watch uh, a couple of things that weren't Spanish um, and we just constantly tried different things um, and just relished our culture. So, as an actor, 
it's kind of hard whenever I see a beautiful, like, Latina character. I'm like, oh my God, I would love to get the chance for that. I really, really would. Now, uh, my <laughs> my name is Terry Doty. It's not a stage name. Um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, we're trying to cast authentically. I don't know how to, <laughs> like, do the dance of like, well, you would be, <laughs> baby. Um, but I've also seen it be the other way where there was a show. I might have told this story. I don't think I've told this story on that anime show, but I might have mentioned it in a previous episode. There was a show where it was like a continuation of a, a previous franchise, um, or like a previous thing in this franchise. And they had a Latina character and she was gorgeous and they wanted the accent. And um, a friend of mine was the engineer. It was like, hey, yeah, no, uh, the director wants to hear from you, wants to hear from four other uh, Hispanic heritage uh performers but they were all from different parts like one of my girls was from Honduras another was from Spain one was Puerto Rican um and uh another was I think Colombian and I'm Mexican um but it uh got back to me and a few other people that the director said why is everyone giving me these weird accents like they're not giving me the accent that I'm thinking of in my head. And come to find out they were very much thinking of Rosie Perez from the Bronx. Uh, you know, like the she's beautiful, great actress um uh who's Puerto Rican and from the Bronx. Like if you want that, put that in the sides. You know, if you want Sofia Vergara, put that in the sides. But you asked us for our accents, and that's what we gave you. <sighs> um, they ended up casting uh, a white actress. And this is no shade to the actress, but I was pretty pissed. I was pretty pissed that it could have been a hell of a lot more than the five actresses, including myself. There were other actresses that were up for the role as well. Um, I don't consider that my that it that I lost the role or anything like that. But I was pretty pissed at the choice. When you had all of these choices, you chose someone who could bring nothing of their heritage to the role. And whether or not they noticed this and thought about it, it lent itself, casting like that lent itself to a stereotype. Was it necessarily harmful? No. But sharing the same background with a character, it just adds something. And when it adds nuance and accuracy and it just void like it avoids the whole like potential for being cliche and stereotyping, uh, uh, you know. Well, and for some people, it's like a oh well, you know, like 
you know, diversity inclusion. I don't know how that's a bad thing for some people, but I know for some people, it's just a, hey, we've gotten away with it this long and nobody said anything. Like, no, we have. Our voices are just louder now. Our voices are just louder. I would love to see more inclusivity. I think we've come a long way, but I think we've taken some pretty giant steps backwards. Uh, And what it means to be, you know, valued uh, by being included and represented, it tells current as well as future generations, like, hey, I see you, rather than, I don't know. I, I, I just, I love the idea of inspiring people. Uh, I, I've talked to schools, like um, I always talk at my old theater arts teachers' uh, classes. I haven't the past two years, just because it's been hard to pinpoint, but I was, I always enjoy talking to them because these are usually like a bunch of kids from wildly different backgrounds than um, I I think uh, some people that are given license to play cliched stereotypes to where it's like these kids, I grew up like these kids where, you know, you come from a big family. It's not necessarily and more than likely isn't a white background and um, telling them you know, I wasn't encouraged as a performer, as a kid, um, and that there probably weren't going to be as many opportunities for me because I'm half Mexican. And uh, hearing other kids be like, oh, no, it means so much. Like, and it gives me hope, blah, blah, blah. Like, nobody's full on said that, but we've talked about just like the way we grew up and that like we understand where our ancestors and our, you know, um, the matriarchs and uh, all of that are coming from when they say like, no, it's not a matter of doing what you love. It's about doing what makes money. And also you can always do art, but art's not necessarily going to be paying the bills for the opportunities that you might get as someone from, you know, our backgrounds. It, it's, uh, it's hard. It, but it's hard to think about and put yourself in a headspace different than somebody else. But like, uh, I'm trying to think of a recent example. And the first one is uh, the Miles Morales from the Spider-Verse, you know, films. I <laughs> was fluent. My brother and I were fluent in Spanish as kids. And I think just at one point, my mother uh, decided like, okay, cool. They know both languages and she just didn't stick with it. Both my brother and myself, we don't speak that much Spanish. And I remember trying to learn it as a a teenager and my grandmother just being so upset because it wasn't, uh, Mexican Spanish that they were teaching in school. It was Castellano, like Spain Spanish. And, um, I kind of got disheartened by it and didn't want to learn it even more because, I don't know. And I've I've played with like Duolingo and stuff off and on. I've talked to tutors. I just haven't found a way to get back to it. But in the the Spider-Verse films, 
It's interesting. I love so much that Miles comes from two worlds. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, if you if you need that. But, uh, you know, Miles doesn't speak Spanish, but another world version of him is clearly fluent and taps those R's and everything. And uh, I don't know, Miles' mom, like, I, I just identified with her <laughs> in a in a really cool way, and just Miles being from two worlds, and also technically, you know, being from two worlds in that he's in the wrong universe and all that. Spoiler! Spoiler! I'm sorry. But there's also, yeah, there's, I'm trying to think of so many other things, that, but really, it's just, whenever you don't consider casting authentically and representing like a character that it accurately. <sighs> I'd say it happens more now than it used to, but uh, there's just no relevance. And a lot of these performances might still be good, but they still ring as hollow to me. It's, uh, there's only so much you can do with your limited knowledge. Um, and uh, I, I remember, what was it, when Higgins area, when Apu finally went away from The Simpsons. Watching The Simpsons growing up, I didn't consider Apu offensive. But obviously reading more and learning more, even Hank Azaria, after he calmed down, he saw it. It just took somebody showing him. And he got it. Like, I watched an interview with him uh, a few months ago, and it was nothing like whenever he first lost the role of a poo. I think there's also just fear of change. Um, you know, it's, hey, this is, we've never had to consider, you know, somebody, uh, somebody for this role, like who might actually be from here. Like, obviously, yeah. Like if you're casting, you know, a fae from, you know, a magical world, yeah, you can be like, really, we're going to worry about like authenticity. Like I, you know, even then I'm like, Hey, would it hurt? Would it hurt? Would it hurt to think about that? Uh, it, I, I just think some people are stuck in their ways. Uh, uh, but, uh, like what was it? I was rewatching short circuit and I think, uh, Aziz Ansari's old show, what was it, Master of Love or something, uh, before Aziz kind of just started annoying the hell out of me, um, they had this whole bit about it, and it actually, like, was shocking to some people. I was watching Short Circuit, and we were, you know, looking at the Indian character, and... Uh, I pointed that out to Steven. I'm like, man, that's so cringe. And he's like, why? And I'm like, that's Fisher Stevens. And he's like, who? I'm like, like the bad guy from Hackers. And it clicked. And like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah. That wasn't doing anybody any favors. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it it just wasn't. But I think... um I think we've come a long way, but we can't, we can't stop. Okay. We can't just suddenly be like, oh, it's too hard. I don't know. Like there was a, a oh my God, there was a show 
or um, a franchise that I was a writer for. I never got credit for this officially because I was ghostwriting. Where the casting department uh, was like, hey, you know, we're playing, uh, we want to cast like this Nubian god. And, and we're all like, cool. And we saw some of like the sketches and stuff for this character. We're like, this character is going to be fucking badass. I'm like, cool. So we're thinking about this actor, this actor, and this actor. I'm like, right on. Do you think the actor can prove that they come from this specific region? Da da da. I'm like, well, I know and had a lot of actors, you know, kind of be like, what? That's a really wild request. I think they can trust me on all that. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I just, I, I've got nothing on that. It's all insane to me that we have to like consider not casting authentically in order to just shut people up because it's not going to happen that like we are in wild times right now. I, I just cast authentically as, as best you can and then do better and better and better. It's a wild time. I had a, I had something happen uh, the first year of the pandemic where I was recording remotely in my booth. And uh, I might have mentioned this before. I don't think I have, though. I... I'm trying to think about this. Uh, I had to say some, uh, some Japanese names. And for me, sometimes, even my own characters' names, I... Uh, I fuck up sometimes. I really do. So I had to like do this chant and I kept just flubbing it up. So I was starting to get in my head about it and, uh, you know, finally got it right. And as the engineer is um, kind of piecing things together, I said to the director jokingly, who I'd known for over a decade at this point, um, I said to him, uh, went, well, it's kind of your own fault for hiring a, a Mexican woman from Philadelphia, to say this correctly, like as a joke. And it got quiet. And I realized this person in no way ever knew that I was Mexican. Um, but the first thing he said was, I don't think you're allowed to call yourself Mexican. And I knew the engineer pretty well, too. And you can see he turned off his mic immediately. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of, like, blew it off. Like, oh, excuse me, like, Mexican-American, however. And he went, no, I don't think you can call yourself that either, uh, you know. And just kind of left it at that. I finished the session sort, uh, shortly after. And text uh, uh, a Spanish friend of mine uh, just to kind of be like, am I overthinking this? And she was like, no, that's pretty fucked up. Uh, and it threw me back into this space that I had as a younger performer and as just a kid of two very different worlds. It It made me question my identity and my right to... Self-identify is something that's very important to me. Um, the fact that he felt okay telling me what is an 
isn't appropriate to identify as really threw me for a fucking loop. It came off really fucking insensitive. It came off fucking ignorant. And it just really hurt my feelings. It really did. To the point where a couple of weeks later, I got a call from my agent like, hey, so-and-so wants to use you on this. And I refused. I said, um, yeah, I'm busy. And anytime that actor, that director tried to use me after that, I was always busy. And uh, I think eventually they got the hint. But it, I could have talked to him about that at some point. But uh, that was a professional setting. And, you know, I know I did bring it up or whatever, but it just, it, I feel like perhaps, you know, his own, uh, skewed views on, you know, being divisive and stereotypical probably fell in there somewhere in the mix, but it just, that, it made me feel like complete shit. Um, and for a while there, like I had, you know, like Mexican actress on like my stuff. I took it off. I, I had a bit of a cry over it. And then I remembered just how far I've come from a personal journey, from really accepting who I am, my background, my ethnicity, um, and just all that I've gone through with my family. I I eventually, you know, brushed all that shit off, but even talking about it is just like I don't think you can call yourself Mexican. I'm like, well, uh, <laughs> motherfucker, do you want my 23 and me? Um yeah, but and so, yeah, that's it's, it's definitely scattered where we're going on all of this, I know. But uh representation mattering if you immediately view that as an attack on your ability to work, I really want you to examine why you feel that way. There are not new rules. <laughs> it's just casting authentically um, is, shouldn't be a horrible thing. It shouldn't be a uh, authentically, uh, inclusivity, diversity, all of that, uh, those shouldn't be like forbidden words. Uh, there are definitely people that have spoken more eloquently about it on a variety of things, but I just, the fact that so many people, it's like, hey, you know, I could put all of that on Twitter right now, and I guarantee you, I would immediately get flooded with like a, oh my God, like, you know, like, what do you know? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is an attack on, like, just the way the industry works. Blah, 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 blah. Anytime I basically come out with any kind of uh, perspective on anything, my website will immediately start getting uh, attacked. Uh, I get a lot of people trying to hack my website. My website, um, I know when it's a human being attacking my stuff. I know when it's a robot attacking my stuff. These attacks are usually human, and they are usually within a couple of minutes of me just saying like, hey, I love potato chips, but I like fries more. 
And there's just one potato chip lover that's like, this will not fucking stand. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of wild. I know. <sighs> Let's see. But yeah. Obscure Chatter is also brought to you by representation. Representation. It matters. Quote me on that. Don't give a fuck. Let's talk about like... Okay, things that have brought me joy. Um, being able to talk about movies with friends again on social media. It's the little things. It's the, <laughs> it's the little things. Uh, I've been reading a lot. But with everything going on, um, it's kind of hard to fully fall into, you know, those little pockets of safety that are movies, television shows, and books. Like, those are great ways to escape when shit gets too heavy. But it just hasn't been doing the job that it used to do. Because it's not that things are getting worse. It's that we have more eyes on the things that have been here for quite some time. Um. Yeah, you can't just like, like, well, it wasn't on the news. Like, well, the news is 30 minutes long and they have to have a happy story, blah, blah, blah. I actually, I don't know the packaging you would think with radio TV film that I would know that. They probably taught me it and I checked out that day. But um, that that is a great benefit of social media is seeing stuff happen in real time with people actually there. Um, but yeah, no, getting back to it, like I will say like, yeah, I've been continuing to col collect VHSs, uh, which is always fun. Uh, I currently just found volumes one through six of uh, uh, Love is Hard for an Otaku, the Watakoi. I'm probably butchering that name. Like, I've always just said Love is Hard for an Otaku. I uh, loved the anime, but um, I digitally have the manga, and I was just at half price and found all six volumes for like nine bucks a pop score. Um, yeah, let's see. Yeah. Since the strike, I'm like, I watched Barbie, watch the Marvels, five nights at Freddy's. Um, trying to think of only movies that I liked. There are some movies that I did not like. Uh, or, and then TV shows, uh, TV shows, uh, Foundation has probably been my biggest thing. It's on Apple. Two seasons so far. Jared Harris, Lee Pace, a bunch of amazing working actors. Uh, Rewatched Interview with a Vampire, season one, ready for season two. Uh, been trying to only watch cartoons in the morning on the weekdays, and I've recently gotten into uh, the regular show. I quote it all the time. <laughs> um, Gen V, if you're a fan of the boys, you'll like Gen V. It is super fucked up, but again, it's from the same people that brought you the boys. <laughs> and uh, rewatched Over the Garden Wall during uh, Halloween week, which that's always good. Uh, it used to be on HBO Max, now it's on Hulu. Uh, finished Loki which was good. And uh, yeah, aside from that, it's just reading and rereading a whole mess of stuff and just finding the little bits of joy. Also, just making myself do my yoga. There is uh, 
there is nothing that replaces my yoga and my walk with my dude. Um, I wish I could walk with my dog, but she's too animal aggressive. Willow is a fucking dick to basically anyone but me and Steven. Um, and yeah, uh, total, it happened to me today. So I'm talking about it. I had, uh, been considering doing, uh, yoga teachers, teacher training, the YTT training or maybe YT training. I don't fucking know, but I finally found like one that I liked and stepped away from it for a few months and went, fuck it. You know, uh, things have been kind of slow on the work front for now. So like, like let's build up some time, um, and just keep applying here and there. But, uh, let's, let's, let's do t-shirt training. Let's do that. I've been doing yoga for over 20 years. Let's fucking go. And I signed up finally after, you know, reading up on some stuff and then coming back and it's this knee-jerk reaction, this gut reaction that you have. I signed in, created an account, all that, got the welcome message, got 10 minutes into looking at everything, and I'm like, I hate the way this this looks. I hate the way that they've scheduled out the lessons. I wish I'd known that before I signed up. And yeah, backed out. Like after like someone was like, Hey, welcome. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Less than two hours later. They're like, so we see that we, uh, you requested to get your full refund back. I'm like, yeah, you gave me a seven day window. I'm kind of ahead of the curve. Please refund me. And, you know, I'd read good things on this program. Um, they went, Oh, well, we can only give you a partial refund because we sent you a book that's valued at $115. Like, what? Like, yeah, so we'll give you a partial thing. And when you get the book, just send that back to us and we'll refund you the rest. Like, um, I'm not doing that. And I also didn't know that you were going to be sending me a book. I did not request the book. So no, either give me my full refund or I will disputing this charge with my credit card. And they refunded me, logged me out of everything. And it is my full refund aside from $6. And I'm currently like, this happened, like I got the refund notification, like right before I sat down to do this show. And I'm debating right now, am I petty enough to bitch about this $6. The $6 is for the shipping of the book that I did not request. So it seems like I'm still getting this book. What would you do if you were me? Would you be petty and be like, yo, so $6 or be like, ah, it's $6. You know, mm, it is what it is. Aside from that, I, you guys, I, I know, like, if you follow me on other social media, I know it's been daunting. I know it's just been a lot. And here's the thing. We're lucky enough to only be, like, fatigued on looking at this stuff. But I noticed as, you know, we were prepping for Thanksgiving and all of that, that some people stopped posting as much or, you know, sharing I think the least I can do 
is keep amplifying voices that are much better informed and that are on the ground dealing with this stuff. I might have mentioned Palestine, but these are not the only people suffering. There are so many more. It's There is a fatigue to it. There really is. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to alienate people by only talking about this. When there is less horrors in the world, I would be happy to stop showing you guys this stuff. But until then, if the least I can do is share a story on my feed, that's what I'm going to do. And then in the middle of it, maybe bitch about, you know, getting, uh, you know, $6 taken from me by some yogis in Germany. <laughs> I, uh, I know this was a heavy one. And I debated on maybe just fully canceling this episode. If it was jarring for you or upsetting, please examine why that is. And know that uh, you're always free to just be like, Terry, I, I think that's a wrap. I, I can't listen anymore. And we'll just call it a day at that. But I can't stop. It's the least I can do is to talk about this stuff. Because there are a lot of people that, you know, like, <sighs> there are people that, are so thirsty out there, but could get arrested or killed collecting rainwater. You know, things could be a lot worse instead of just hearing about some atrocities. Imagine just living it and that being your life. It's horrible. And I hate that it took what happened on October 7th for me to start learning about this stuff. It's horrible what happened and what is continuing to happen. And our voices have to be louder than ever right now. The silence is where people think they have our consent and they don't. Remind people of that.